Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham, your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Today's episode is honestly another not so great one, as the Jets lose at home to the Miami Dolphins 13 to 34 on Black Friday, the first ever game on a Black Friday. I was there in attendance, expecting something a little bit more, but instead we got the Tim Boyle game, which was not competitive except for a couple defensive plays at the end of the first half that made you think that maybe the Jets could scrounge out some sort of miracle win. But other than that, like the Tim Boyle Jets offense didn't even appear to be trying to win the game at any point. And it was hard to watch. It was hard to be there in the stadium. And as the Jets fall to 4-7, and seven, their season is unraveling right before our eyes. And it's not getting better. We're not fixing things and becoming a better product week by week. We're becoming worse and worse every single week. And this was another example of that. The Jets do have an opportunity to win another game at home against the Falcons, who are 5-6 and six coming into their building this upcoming Sunday. So you never know. Maybe the Jets can find a way to do it, but... It's not feeling so great in Jet Life Stadium or Jet Nation right now, and understandably so, and we're getting closer and closer to starting to look at draft order, quarterbacks next year perhaps that we could be looking at, off-seasons again, where we can finally be happy as we are every single year in the off-season. We just finished week 12. The season is flying by. It's, It's disappointing. So as has been the status quo for the past few episodes during this Jets losing streak, I'm going to breeze through the Dolphins game. I'm going to move quickly through the Falcons preview. I do have a what's on tap and a father time. But we're going to get through this thing as quickly as possible. Hope for better days ahead. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to this podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Also follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. As far as upcoming episodes go, I'm not going to do the Thursday morning edition. We're going to jam pack the Falcons and Dolphins into the same podcast here as I've been doing. And then... In terms of next week, my birthday is the Tuesday when I normally record, December 5th. Depending on how the Falcons game goes, I was offered a little lunch date with Mother. I was offered a little dinner date with wife Shannon, so I may be tied up in some stuff. I know UConn's got a big game against North Carolina that night. And then the following day, I'm going out on a work trip for the next five days. I may be unavailable to do a podcast, so just follow me on Twitter. I will put something up there just saying if I'm going to forego the podcast for a week. Maybe if the Jets do really well and some awesome stuff happens, I'll I'll find some time to squeeze it in. But um, right now it's looking like it could be a little complicated to do that. So that is the schedule coming up. Now let's get into this podcast, Talking Jets versus Dolphins, a game that I went to with roommate Kyle, buddy Mitch, buddy Joe. Shout out to them for making the trip down and honestly putting up with this because when we purchased the tickets, it was when Aaron Rodgers was going to play and this was billed to be probably the second best game of the year. I think number one game was going to be that Buffalo Monday night football game on September 11th, Aaron Rodgers' first game. That was like the one to be at if you had to find one more. Division rival Dolphins to beat them in our house on Black Friday for the first time ever was going to be awesome. But instead we find out the week before that Tim Boyle's going to play quarterback, which, let's be honest, every single one of us knew that Tim Boyle was going to be horrible at football, but we all convinced ourselves that maybe he would be different enough to get this offense rolling and going, and maybe the Dolphins' defense was soft enough 
to allow us to get some big plays here and there. And we could do our typical, you know, jet script that we've been hoping for for the past two years, which is just get a couple big plays on defense or special teams. Don't give up a lot of points. Don't turn the ball over. And hopefully you come out with a victory. But that didn't happen. And Tim Boyle was is basically exactly what we expected. He's not a competitive quarterback in the NFL. I'm honestly a little bit perturbed at, I think, the fan base and the media and stuff who are calling out Zach Wilson as much because as that all is happening, everyone's basically saying, let's not play Zach Wilson because he's as bad as it gets. Let's play Tim Boyle because it has to be something different. It doesn't get worse than Zach Wilson. And it's like, are you out of your damn mind? What are you talking about it doesn't get worse than Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson is nowhere near what we wanted him to be as a number two pick. And no, he's not playing anywhere near as well as he should three years into the league. But he is not the worst quarterback we've ever seen. Luke Falk was horrible. Tim Boyle playing is horrible. And we've signed ourselves up for this. And there was enough outcry from people week after week. When are you going to make a quarterback change? When are you going to make a quarterback change? They weren't going to do it. Eventually, after you hear this stuff from everybody over and over and over, and you're not scoring touchdowns, you kind of have to make a change. They go with the guy, Tim Boyle, who'd been there the longest, the incumbent third-string quarterback, Give him the first crack. And you're watching this game. They bench Alan Lazard for plenty of good reasons because he hasn't played well. But all of a sudden, you're playing like this shorthanded team with Jason Brownlee at wide receiver and Tim Boyle throwing the ball one yard every single play, taking sacks, can't move. It was non-competitive. And it's going to continue to be that way for as long as Tim Boyle plays, most likely, unless, again, the formula of defense and special teams takes over. Zach Wilson was at least a better option. I think Trevor Simeon would at least be a better option than Tim Boyle because, you know, maybe Simeon's not the greatest quarterback in the world, and he's probably going to stink as well. We are playing against a, you know, behind a fourth-string offensive line, so nobody's going to look good here. Tim Boyle would look better if we had our starting offensive line, for sure. Zach Wilson would as well. There is no pathway to success at quarterback in this system, but Simeon maybe at least has a little bit more experience and better in makeup and can throw the ball downfield. The guy at least has 40-plus NFL touchdowns in his career, 7,000-plus passing yards, has started, you know, 30 games or played in 30 games. But at 4-7, and seven, the Jets aren't dead yet, and they got to keep trying to find a way to win a game. Get this fan base a little bit of positivity, please. So I didn't know where to turn on this one. Obviously feeling pretty shitty, losing 13-34 to 34 against the Dolphins. The experience of the game was really cool leading up. By the time the game was over, you know, obviously spirits were down. I do want to comment that the Miami Dolphins fans are absolute D-bags. And to watch a team like that that's really never had much success in my lifetime at age 30, to see them win a game against this Jets fourth-string offensive line and third-string quarterback and feel like they're the greatest things in the world. I mean, they're fighting Jets fans at the end. They're flicking them off, telling Jets fans to burn their jerseys. Just a bunch of tools wearing Dolphins gear. And uh, I think it's a pretty embarrassing kind of what you'd expect from, like, a Miami crew that would be rolling up here, but uh, yeah, didn't love them. I like the Dolphins even less than I did going in, and I hated the Dolphins. So the game was over. I didn't know where to turn. I'm like talking to my dad. Are you, you going to give me a father time? Do you have something to say about this Jets team? And he was like, I'm going to drum something up. It's a little too early to start talking about the draft. Playoffs obviously are a little bit out of uh, our radar right now, but the season's not over. So this is what my dad gave me for this week's Father Time, written by my dad, David Burnham. Here we go. The Jets have a very good chance to win against the Falcons on Sunday. As a Vegas marginal underdog at home, 
you can see that this is a game where the defense can dominate and confuse Desmond Ritter. A game where the Jets can win the turnover battle and the defense can contribute to the final score. But to bolster the chances to win, they need to start and play the best players on the roster. Go win the game. To do that, Salah needs to play Dwayne Brown at left tackle. Put Mekhi Becton at right tackle. Solidify that O-line. Get Alan Lazard out of the Salah doghouse. He got the message. Activate and use Izzy Abanaconda. He's ready and it's time. And start Zach Wilson again. Zach has the arm that will spread the defense vertically and horizontally. Spread them thin. He has the ability to make the throw that will improve chances to win the game. And it's clear that Wilson is a better quarterback than Tim Boyle. If Salah decides to start and play players that don't put the Jets in the best position to win, it's a clear signal. It makes me start to believe that he's looking ahead to the offseason, meaning free agency and the draft. Many quarterbacks, offensive tackles, and wide receivers are going to be available next year. But in my opinion, it's way too early to start thinking like that. Play your best players, field your best team, and coach your best game. If for no other reason than us Jets fans deserve it. Go Jets. End scene. So, wow, I am absolutely in lockstep with everything that he said. And it starts with him talking about just play your best players. Like, I get it. People were pissed off at Zach Wilson. Yes, Zach Wilson's not getting better. But we all know or assumed that Tim Boyle, a guy that had one touchdown and 13 interceptions in three years at UConn, probably wasn't going to be very good. A guy that we saw play for the Lions and the Packers over the years, negative rushing yards for his career in both college and the NFL, we all knew not to expect anything from this guy. We had a little bit of hope because it was different. But for crying out loud, what are we doing? You can't listen to the fans. you got to just say, listen, Tim Boyle's no good. He was here to hold a clipboard. We didn't ever anticipate playing a backup quarterback. If we did, it was going to be Zach Wilson. Maybe in time we can get it to be Simeon. For crying out loud, figure something out here. Give us a chance. Tim Boyle does not give the Jets a chance. Playing Dwayne Brown at left tackle, I don't think Carter Warren's been horrible at left tackle, but it would be nice to get... uh, at least a veteran presence in there, get Makai to right tackle, then you're taking Max Mitchell and Carter Warren out of the game, potentially bolstering that unit. Alan Lazard, I get it. We sent a message. He was sucking. Get him back out there. We need good players to play. Jason Brownlee, Irvin Charles, Malik Taylor. I'm sorry. Those guys just aren't going to cut it for getting big yards for the Jets or scoring touchdowns. They're not acclimated enough to the league. They're not veterans. They have no no real freaking body of work. Use Izzy Abanaconda. Like, we're looking for something on offense. Tim Boyle's not the answer. You're trying to inject offense and find a way to get something to work? It's not Tim Boyle, but maybe Izzy Abanaconda's that guy. Try some different stuff. Get creative. We all know they're not going to fire Nathaniel Hackett as long as they have Aaron Rodgers here. They're probably not going to fire Robert Sala, and I don't think they should. But there are ways they can try to be more competitive. My dad's absolutely right that if the Jets decide to keep rolling out Tim Boyle and benching good players and doing the same bullshit they've been doing for the past four or five weeks, that it's sending a message that we're looking towards the draft, and this team is no longer trying to be competitive and not trying to win in 2023. None of us want to be there. There's no reason to be there at 4-7. and You've got six win teams in the playoff picture right now. The Jets Jets are two games away from that. The Atlanta Falcons are absolutely a beatable team. But the Jets have to start making it work, and I think it comes from Simeon, and I think it comes from Zach Wilson. I don't think it comes from Tim Boyle. The defense, yes, absolutely can win a game or two. It's been a while since they did that. I think it's coming up, maybe this week against the Falcons. But uh, my dad's right. We do deserve it. We were coming in with such high expectations, and we're dealing with this now, and it's just like, man, oh, man.
Where does it stop? This is a week that we can get back on track. So let's do it. Thank you for the father time, Dad. I appreciate it. Now, before we move on, we do have to take a quick commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Live. Just quickly talking about this Jets versus Dolphins game. Obviously, we didn't have much offense. I think the offensive player of the game in this one has to go to Garrett Wilson for being the only guy that really got active in the offense. Scored a touchdown late in the game. He had seven catches for 44 yards on 10 targets, which, given the state of the passing game, that's actually a pretty solid game. I know it's nothing up to his standards. I know that if he keeps getting 44 yards a game and finishes seasons with, you know, 600, 700 total receiving yards and five touchdowns like he's potentially on pace to do if he keeps getting games like this, he's not going to be very happy, and he's going to demand a trade at some point. So we do still have to try to keep some players engaged, focused, and wanting to be here unless we want to do an entire rebuild again because of a bad injury spurt. That doesn't have to happen like that. Tyler Conklin is the next best player in the Jets' passing game. Alan Lazard mentioned was uh, benched for this game. Jeremy Ruckert showing up here and there. But when you look through these guys... Nobody's really getting opportunities. I'll give a shout-out to Jason Brownlee for his first career catch. He had 20 yards in this game. But there's 170 passing yards from Tim Boyle. He's throwing the ball one, two, three, four yards beyond the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage, not throwing the ball downfield. Defense is pinning the ear back, coming after him, staying in the middle of the field, loading the box up. It just makes everything impossible. It's like when we played Luke Falk. It just isn't our offense. It's just not, it's not Brees Hall being able to run and do it. He does. It's not Garrett Wilson getting targeted where he's good at getting open. It's nothing. It's just a bad product. And Tim Boyle was sacked seven times in this game through two interceptions. Was a mess. Two fumbles. He picked them both up, but I mean, geez Louise. So the offense obviously was a nightmare. The offensive line continues to be a nightmare. No thanks to Tim Boyle. No thanks to the play calling from Nathaniel Hackett. And offensive player of the game goes to Garrett Wilson. This was a tough one offensively. When you look at the defense, it was all right. The defense made a couple plays. Brandon Eccles is going to be the defensive player of the game in this one for having a pick six. I mean, Jets needed points, and that actually got us back into the game really quickly. Another pick right after that from DJ Reed, which is great to see DJ Reed getting an interception. He plays so well and doesn't get a ton of credit. So that's big for him. Tua didn't have a good game, 243 passing yards, touchdown, two interceptions, lost a fumble, so he had three turnovers, quarterback rating of 77, but the Jets still lose the game because their offense was never going to do anything. We turned the ball over two times, we punted repeatedly, and it just, uh, it was a lot of opportunities, short fields, defensive touchdowns and things for the Dolphins who are obviously a very dangerous team offensively. Between Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, both of those players had over 100 yards, so good games from them. But nobody else was involved in the game on offense at all in the passing game. Running the ball, a nice split between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Both ran the ball really well in this game. The Jets were outmatched. I think they're getting tired. I think we're going to see some more struggle cities from the Jets' defense if the offense can't get stuff going. There has to be some games where the offense carries the defense. It can't just be... Week after week, please defense, bail us out. Please bail us out. Please bail us out. And eventually, it's just like these guys are getting worn down. The season goes on, and it's not working. Where is their inspiration to continue to do that for the offense? Who's not doing anything for them? It's time to get that offense rolling. Defense, 
would have had a pretty good game if the Jets were competitive on offense. The defense would have done the right sort of things against Tua. You could see it in this game. They had a good game plan for it. But it's a tough situation right now. Special teams, Greg Zerline missed an extra point. Don't know how that happened. We didn't have any other chances to even kick anything. I'll give special teams player of the game to Thomas Morstead just for being a, a good punter, punting the ball well in this game. But just nothing of note there. I mean, what a game to be at. Holy smokes. So that is the Jets' offense, defense, special teams. As much as I want to talk about it in this Dolphins game, Jets fall to 4-7. and seven. Dolphins go to 8-3. and three. Dolphins at this point are running away with the division. As the Bills continue to lose, the Patriots certainly continue to lose. And the Jets aren't competitive enough, just lost to them. So the Jets are like two to three games out of the playoff race right now. If they can start stacking wins, then they absolutely can get back in the mix. It's going to take beating the Falcons here because the Falcons are one of the easier games left on our schedule. And if we can't beat them at this point in time on this losing streak that we have, then there's really no hope for us. And then we really are looking towards the draft. I'm going to talk about that Falcons game really quick, but before I do, I want to take a quick pit stop at the cooler for a little What's On Tap. That is right, folks. This is What's On Tap. And today, I am drinking a Hoppy Amber Ale by Bissell Brothers called Precious Fragments. Because that's basically all we're getting with this Jets team. There's little precious fragments that exist here and there, small little pockets of time, like a Brandon Eccles pick six or a DJ Reed interception or a Bryce Huff sack. A Garrett Wilson touchdown. And that's basically it. All we get in our Jets experience. I think it's safe to say the most fun part of watching your team in football, other than winning the game, is watching them score touchdowns. And it's like the one thing that the Jets can't do. On the season that we came into thinking that maybe we would have the most of those moments that we've ever had. And it becomes more and more difficult to process that and handle it as the year goes on. Precious fragments are what we're waiting for. This is a 6.5% alcohol, 16-ounce can. It's a nice, beautiful paper label with, like, a watercolored leaf of different colors, and it is... It's good. I like amber ales this time of year when it gets cold. 6.5% is a little bit higher alcohol percentage than I'm used to for an amber ale, so a nice little punch to it. But I think this is a good change of pace from a usual IPA that I drink. It's kind of got, like, a a darker, chocolatey sort of flavor behind it. And I like it. Bissell Brothers is fantastic. They can't miss. Up in Maine, it's my favorite brewery there is. They brew Swish, which is my, my all-time fave. But this one, I'd never had it before. I like it. We'll get, again, seasonally as it's available. That's it. That is this week's What's on Tap. Now we're going to talk about the Falcons quick, but... A brief commercial break. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Life. Last order of business in this one is just talking about a Falcons preview. As the Jets are playing the 5-6 and six Falcons at home at Jet Life Stadium. It's going to be December 3rd, Sunday, 1 p.m. Game's going to be aired on Fox. We're probably going to have a pretty bad broadcasting team. Fox doesn't really have a very deep bench of commentators. And this matchup of Falcons-Jets can't be appealing to really anybody. We're probably going to get the D or E squad from Fox. There are six games on bye this week, so maybe they won't have to go deep into the bench for those guys, or as deep as they usually go, but still, I wouldn't expect to have Greg Olson or anything like that for this one. 
The Jets are four and seven. They go into this game at home as two and a half point underdogs. And you wonder how in the hell can the Jets play the Atlanta Falcons at home and be underdogs? And it's because it really is hard to envision them scoring any points whatsoever as they've named Tim Boyle the starting quarterback yet again. I know in Father Time, my dad said, please play Zach Wilson. Sounds like Robert Sal is not even considering that at this point in time. He's going to go with Tim Boyle one more time. And against the Dolphins, Tim Boyle was number one. Trevor Simeon was number two. Zach Wilson was suited up as an emergency quarterback, which means he can only come into the game if the first two quarterbacks are injured. It can't be anything to do with, like, performance. Like, let's just go to our emergency quarterback. The first two guys have been sucking. It has to be we've ruled out our first two quarterbacks. They can't come back into the game. Instead of playing Brees Hall at quarterback or something like that, we have Zach Wilson there that can play emergency quarterback. So the Jets will probably do something like that again. I just think that because the Falcons are so one-dimensionally offensively, like when you look at them, it's Bijan Robinson, who's having a really good year as a rookie, 703 rushing yards, is also very um, active in the passing game. But they can't pass the ball at all over there. It's just Bijan Robinson doing what he does. Desmond Ritter is horrible. He's probably worse than Zach Wilson. He's not got really any special traits. He's a little bit athletic. He's kind of tall. He can throw a decent ball here and there, but he goes through his read so freaking slowly. Their receivers, Drake London, he's good. Kyle Pitts probably would be a good tight end if he had a good quarterback, but we'll never know because he's just being suffocated by the Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter offense. So when you look at it, it's like, all right, D up Drake London, D up Kyle Pitts, and then stop B. John Robinson. That is so freaking doable for this Jets defense. All we should really need to do in this one is score like 13 to 16 points, and we probably win. The over-under for this game is 33 points, which means they're expecting like, if this game's on the high end, it would be 16 to 17. would be like, whoa, we scored as many points. That's nuts. Including defensive special teams touchdowns and field goals and everything like that. That's got to be one of the lowest over-unders of the entire season in the NFL this year. Maybe in the past, like, 5, 10 years. How much lower than 33 could it possibly get? I don't think I've ever seen 20s. I'll have to look that up, but extremely low over-under. We're not expecting anything to happen, but, of course, when you look at the Falcons, you could see Bijan Robinson maybe running behind that line, making one good touchdown, and that would be enough for the Falcons to win the game. So that's why they're going in as the favorites of this. But if the Jets can get anything going on offense, they should be able to win. I have complete, complete faith in their defense in this one. And I do not want to see four quarters wasted on Tim Boyle if he can't get it going. If he goes out there this week and he throws for two yards after two yards after two yards, takes sacks, throws picks, and doesn't even try to win the game, and they don't switch to Trevor Simeon, that is sending a very, very bad message to all of us. This game needs to be won. This is... This is it. The Falcons are one of the easiest games in our entire schedule this season. That's not a good team in the Falcons, and we're playing at home. We've got to find a way to pull this thing out, whatever it takes. It's our last gasp at the season. If we can go to 5-7, and seven, getting a little bit hotter, maybe leaving with a quarterback like Trevor Simeon, or maybe it's Tim Boyle, somebody getting a little bit of momentum and confidence, that would be at least interesting moving forward. But if we lose, it's all it's all freaking lost. That's a lot to go on this. A lot of pressure on the Jets to try to win this game. I hope we get Michael Carter 2 back. I hope that uh, Mekhi Becton is back and healthy for this game. Alan Lazard, hopefully he suits up. 
Izzy Abinaconda is my dad's head. Hopefully he becomes active. Like, just find a way to win this thing. Get creative. Do different stuff. But don't look like you did against the Dolphins. Don't look like you don't even care and you're not even trying. You're just accepting throwing three yards on third and 15. Because, hey, well, it's the, it's the right plays. If the first one's not open, the second one's not open, you check it down. We're past all that. We don't need to see Tim Boyle do the right thing right now and evaluate him as like, wow, look at what well, he did make the right reads. And if we have the right players out there, you never know. It's too late for that. He's here as a third quarterback. He shouldn't be playing. All we have to do is win the game. None of his development matters. The evaluation of his play doesn't matter. Nothing about him on the team matters except for whatever he offers in the meeting rooms and the scout team and stuff in practice. This right here is just like, all right, I don't know. We don't know what to do. Let's just try it. But he's got to at least get out of his comfort zone and win this freaking game. It's been a tough year. It's getting tougher and tougher every week. Like I said, um, for next week's podcast, it's going to be up in the air based on kind of what my birthday plans are. I'm going to do a PSA on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan, saying whether or not I have time to do it. And a lot of it's probably going to be based on my emotional health (laughs) from this Jets team and whether or not I feel like I can push myself through on a day um, that I should be celebrating and talk about the Jets again, losing a game, or if it's like, you know what, this was a lot of fun. Let's finally break down a win where we can see some performances, see some players catch the ball. Imagine if we put up 400 yards of offense one week and we could actually break down all these players that had good games. I think one thing that I do want to mention before this podcast is over that's, I think, pretty important is the Pro Bowl is coming up. And I know it's a silly thing. It's just a... um, It's just a popularity contest. It doesn't get voted for by writers or the league or anything. It's all by fans. But I think that's what makes it so important because these Jets players are putting up with a lot of BS, but we do need them to stick around. We need Brees Halls and Garrett Wilsons and Bryce Huffs and Sauce Gardners and DJ Reeds and stuff. We need those players to want to be here. We can't have them giving up on this team. And I know at some point they are going to have to mentally accept the fact that the season's coming to an end. But if they at least believe in the fan base and they believe that this is a good place to be, they'll want to stick around and it'll be a little bit more positive an experience. So I think that if we can just vote them in as much as possible, it would potentially help the franchise, honestly. If they feel like, you know what, our team may suck, but those fans are always behind us 100% of the way, it makes them more likely to stick around here, stay happy, sign another contract, take a pay cut, something like that, because they love the fans. But if they feel like the team gave up on them, fan base gave up on them, and they're just spinning their wheels, wasting their time here of their short NFL career, why wouldn't they want to leave? You can vote as many times as you want. The NFL Pro Bowl voting is on NFL.com. I like to do, you know, 15 to 20 votes on a lunch break every day. (laughs) I did some today. I will continue to do them. I think that if we can get some of those players, specifically, you know, Quinn and Williams, Bryce Huff, Jermaine Johnson, Quincy Williams, C.J. Mosley, DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, maybe even a guy like Tyler Conklin. You know, get those players, uh, Brees Hall as well, get those players into the Pro Bowl. Thomas Morstead, Greg Zerline, I'm just thinking of them off the dome here. Um, it means a lot to them, more than you think, and it can go a long way for us. So that's just something that we can do. As the rest of the team fails us, at least we can be a positive part of this Jets experience. So that's basically all I got for this podcast. Happy to be over with it. Hoping, hoping that a very winnable game against the Falcons goes the way that we deserve once something good happens to this team and we can talk positively next week. But it remains to be seen. Let's go Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson, whoever the heck plays quarterback for the Jets. Find a way to score some points, please.
That's it. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. <laughs>